0: what's going on everybody welcome to the type one lifting podcast i have a very exciting guest uh his name is eric Pompata. i pretty much i think I, I messed up the last name i apologize <laughs> Sorry, uh so um welcome to the show thank you for being on
1: thank you man i really appreciate it thank you for having me i'm really excited to be here it's it's I, it's okay everybody gets my last name wrong it's uh potempa
0: potempa yeah i gotta yeah. write that down so
1: don't even worry <laughs> about Oh, but anyway, yeah, man, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, this is really cool. Um, yeah, I'm a, I don't know where to start. I, I, well, basically, I'm a personal trainer. Um, and I think what I do that's different maybe than other trainers is I've been doing this for like 20 years, and I found that consistency is obviously like the number one variable. Like you can do whatever you want, but if you don't do it consistency, consistently, you're not going to get results. And so I've kind of created an entire system. Of figuring out how to get people to show up so that they can get the results they want. Very cool. And a lot of that has to do with figuring out what inspires and motivates people and that's why my brand is called Inspired Exercise NYC. I live in New York City um, and, and that's basically what I do in, in, in a really condensed nutshell.
0: Very cool. So what made you get into the personal training field?
1: So I was in college, right? I played basketball, and I was an athlete for most of my life. Like, my dad is a big sports fanatic, and uh, so I was, like, given a baseball glove when I was, you know, very, very young. Uh, And I played basketball, baseball, football. I even played golf. Like, I would do anything, basically. And the only thing is I really didn't like the training aspects. And uh, so I sort of avoided it. Like, whenever we would do... Weightlifting and stuff like that, I was sort of avoided. And when I was a kid, I'm 40, about to turn 42. It wasn't really looked at as being an integral part of being an athlete. You know, you could get away with being a high school athlete and not, you know, lifting weights and stuff. It was kind of part of the program, but not really like it is now. Hmm. And so I just basically avoided it as much as I could. And then I ended up tearing my ACL my sophomore year in college playing basketball. And I had to do all this rehab in order to rehab my knee, and then I started going to the gym, and uh, at this gym in in Corvallis, Oregon, I went to Oregon State University, I always saw, I always went at the same time, and I always saw this group there working out, and there was this guy who was really funny, um, just a hilarious guy, he would joke around with, like, everyone at the gym at the same time that he was training people, and I always thought it was really interesting the way that he worked with people, because it was, a lot of it was, like, tapping into, like, almost spontaneously tapping into what motivates someone and getting them to work harder and get focused and stuff mm-hmm. in a way that was fun and inclusive because he would have a big group of at least six, sometimes up to nine or ten people. And, uh, you know, I, over time, I, you know, he, he would say hi to everyone and I would say hi to him and eventually he invited me. He was like, you know, it seems like you're interested in what we're doing. Why don't you join the group? And uh, I did. And that's like the first time in my life that I ever enjoyed exercise you know, it was, and it was awesome, like, I went, it was almost over training, like, I went six days a week for an hour and a half, and it was, like, we just killed it, like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was, it was, like, working upper body and lower, you're working your entire body two times a week, like, uh, high rep, low weight, and then high weight, low rep, and just, just destroying everything, and I, I don't think it was, like necessarily, like, a the best physical plan but in terms of like showing up and being a part of something and um and learning a lot mm-hmm. you know particularly about the psychology of, of exercise and, and like athletics it, it was really great because this guy ended up he was an ex nfl football player um he became a, a trainer of professional bodybuilders at the same time as arnold schwarzenegger and then he was retired and he was like 70, 75 years old when I knew him. And the guy looked amazing. He looked like he was 20, 25 years younger than he should. And the only way you could tell his age is because he would wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> like he would wear sunglasses in the gym, Yeah. you know? And then like, you know, after knowing him for like a year, I saw him with the sunglasses off and I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, this is like, if with there's a reason why he wore him because he really looked like he was about 50. Um, so anyway, I was just very inspired by this guy. His name's is Ali Um, He was my first mentor, and he really just kind of opened my mind to the fact that, like, fitness can actually be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew, actually, that it could be beneficial, but I didn't, you know, I was young, and I didn't really see the negative impacts yet because, you know, my body could basically take a beating and be fine. Yeah. But... I intellectually, kind of knew, oh, I should probably exercise. But then this was the first time I was like, wow, this is actually fun and I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, that experience kind of inspired me to want to continue doing it myself. And then I decided to go to acting school. Um, and once I got trained as an actor and moved to New York City, I was like, I need a day job that's going to be flexible. So personal training was the first thing that came to my mind. There was an equinox across the street. From my conservatory program, so I just started working there, and really haven't stopped since.
0: Nice. So I don't know how what is it how it is in like New York for like certifications. So it, down down in Georgia, you you don't have to, you don't have to get a personal training certification to train at a gym. You can start start training people, and then you can get your certification. But you could be under someone else's certification, kind of oh, like kind of like almost like a PA, like how a PA is underneath like a doctor's. Um, license and stuff like that. So that's the way it is down there. So, so did you get your certification first, then go to Equinox or how did, how did that work?
1: So actually I, that's interesting because I, I, I start went to Equinox and before you can actually start training people at Equinox, they put you through their in-house training thing. And so I was not certified when I started working there. I just had done all this work with Ali and I, and I kind of went in and I, Basically, bothered the crap out of them. I went in like, you know, like every week for like two or three months, and then eventually they were like, "All right, kid, you know, we'll give you a shot."
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, they probably needed extra trainers because there's so much turnover. But I bothered them into it,
0: you yeah. know. And yeah.
1: And I had to pass this uh, fairly comprehensive test. I mean, you had to like go through like the anatomy, the physiology, the, the way that, you know the body moves, and then you had to actually train the PT manager. And they would give you like two or three different scenarios and you had to take them through it and show them the program that you created. And if they didn't think that it was good and you couldn't explain exactly why it was good, then you weren't going to be able to train people. Mm -hmm. So I had to do that before I started training people. And then I think it was like you had two months or three months once you passed that test and started training people that you had to get certified with one of the national certs. And so it was like, I think when I first started it was ACE, it was NASM and it was Uh, NSCS or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. There were like three different ones. You had to pick, you had to get certified in one of those those after you had started training people for like three months.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I got my um, AFAA certification. I mean, it's an easier cert compared to like, you know, the higher ups like Ace and the rest of the guys. Like, I I pretty much did it in, I don't know, like a month or two. Just like studied the book and everything, watched the videos and got it. So, but, um, what have you seen what do you think has changed from like when you first started as like you know fresh fresh personal trainer to now
1: Well I think the biggest thing that's different between cuz I started like 20 years ago Yeah so like there was no social media you know like we didn't have cell phones where everything was getting recorded and stuff like that and there really weren't any video workouts like you like the video workouts that were out were like VHS yeah so like the only ones that made that were ones that got picked up by a major company usually with somebody that was reputable and they made like a video for them when they were back now like anybody can do it which I think is really cool in one aspect but in another aspect there's a lot of people out there that are training people online that really don't have any business doing it or just don't have a level of expertise. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you can get away with it by just being confident. If you project confidence and you look good, people will believe you know what you're talking about, and that's not always the case. And so I think it can be dangerous, um, but on the other side of things, it's really cool that people have access to so much material. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like so much knowledge out there and information that if you really want to spend a little extra time, you can learn so much of the stuff that I had to pay for. You know what I mean? Like to take classes and certifications. A lot of that information is free
0: online mm-hmm. yeah.
1: if you just want to look for it. So I think in that aspect, it's really cool. Like You can have access, not only the information, but like to like the best trainers and you know, the best minds in the business. And a lot of the information is free. Yeah. So I think that's really neat. Uh, but yeah, on the other side of things, there's also a lot of other people out there, and everybody's trying to get into it. And the business just continuously getting flooded with new people, which I don't have a problem with competition. I just see like a lot of the fitness fads that are happening uh, have to do with things that may be fun or may have an in like they may have tapped into what gets people interested and what keeps people like having a good time but like the science behind it and the ability to actually like pay attention to people so that they don't hurt themselves isn't there. You know, there's a lot of, for instance, like high-intensity exercise classes out there that are teaching the average person exercises that the average person can't do. Mm -hmm. It might get them results if they do it with proper form consistently, but a lot of people aren't going to be able to do it with proper form consistently, and the platform that it's being offered on there's really no way that even an excellent instructor can pay attention and modify it in the moment and keep that you know client safe, yeah, so it's like really just a matter of time before somebody hurts themselves
0: yeah no i I agree i so I like to teach some people like Olympic weightlifting because we actually have like lifting platforms at the gym I used to work at, and i've out of like all the clients that I've had, I've only taught three people how to do the Olympic lifts. I've like a lot of people know how to deadlift, like all that stuff. I could teach them that. But I just, there's a lot of people that just weren't like coordinated enough to actually do the lifts that I like, especially the snatch, the clean and jerk, you know? And, and if they want to do it, we would literally spend like a week, like on just that one movement. Like, you know, not even the jerk, just like the clean and like where to lift off of and like. And it, it think a lot of people did not like it, especially the three people that do did to the left did did appreciate it and did love it. So, I mean, but like it, it's like you said, it's some people can't do the stuff that is prescribed and the workout, and so they just go do it. I just I've seen so much awful form, especially like people that don't have trainers and they're just you know working out themselves and like you know lifting their back up on a, ba- a bench press and stuff like that, and it's just like. I kind of want to talk to them, but you know, it's, it's, it they just, sometimes they just don't even want to listen to you. They just want to do whatever they want to do. So,
1: yeah, it's hard. I mean, some people, a lot, I mean, we all need advice to get better. And when somebody that knows more is there, it's, it's obviously a great resource, but they got to be open to it.
0: Yeah. And I always think
1: was, it's really responsible of you to, you know, not force something upon someone who isn't ready for it. Or even if somebody's like, I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a trainer is because you know, There's business to be had when people are excited about something, but if you know that what this person is excited about they're not ready for, and you need to like take time to get them there, a lot of people don't want to take that time. Mm -hmm. They'll just be like, "All right, you don't want me to, you don't want to let me try this thing that I'm not ready for. I'll go find someone else who will." And maybe they'll find that person because you know the market is flooded with trainers that need business. But I think it's really responsible of you to not. To not do that, to be like, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. I'm going to treat you proper form. And if it takes us a week to do it, you're going to be glad because you're not going to hurt yourself. I mean, I, th- I think we need to be like that more often. That's a great example yeah. kind of
0: what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I love I love when they get their PRs, too, because they get like super excited and they like, just, just like jump up and down and like, you know, are like super happy, even with like people that are you know doing regular lifts like they haven't done this weight ever before like you know they squatted like maybe five more pounds and they're like super excited that that's that's the main reason like why i wanted why i did it so like personal training just because people lost like a boatload of weight from me I have, one, I have one client lost like 60 pounds and you know super excited and you know and just i love seeing people happy that's the main reason why you know i think personal training is a good good you know good job to have
1: yeah man i feel the same way i think that's really cool. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Exactly, actually, like that's probably my number one reason for doing it myself, and for wanting to do it with other people is that, like, scientifically, exercising makes your mood change. Like, you see the world through a different lens. You create more good feeling hormones. You feel better, not only emotionally, but also you have a better self image. You feel more confident in yourself. You feel better inside of your body. You walk around the world. Like looking and feeling better and if you're working with somebody who's really about functionality you function better in the world So it just increases your quality of life so much. I mean, I know you know You know that it's increased our quality of lives mm-hmm. so much just by training and, and you could see it in a client when they make progress And you hear their stories about oh, I just did this thing that I you know, you know, I had a client the other day He just started riding his bike and he's, like, telling me about, you know, he's, he loves doing, like, these sprints on his bikes. And he's like, oh, I was able to do five of these. I could only do one two weeks ago. I was like, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, and, like, maybe people aren't all jazzed about doing sprints on their bikes. <laughs> but, like, that's just one example of, like, you know, like, being able to function on a level. Like, this is a 50-year-old guy who hasn't ridden a bike in 10, years. 15 years. Yeah. You know, who was huffing and puffing the first time he did it and then was able to, like go as fast as he could and then slow it down and go as fast as he could again five times which he probably hadn't done in 15 or 20 years yeah you made him feel like a kid is basically what he's saying
0: Mm -hmm. you know yeah i agree
1: and there's no price you can put on that
0: yeah that's awesome so um you have you have this program called inspired exercise nyc so how did how did that how did that come come about and like what what is it
1: So my program, I have a lot of different programs. I work one-on-one with people and I also have a 90-day program that's basically all about helping teach my clients how to get lean, reduce stress, and find peace of mind in as little as four hours a week. Um, It's an all-encompassing program basically that I put together through, like I said, I've been doing this 20 years and I've sort of isolated the things that I think are really important um, within the personal training process and the training process in general that leads to... results that we're talking about and just to kind of give you a little overview the there's like four major components and the first one is customized coaching so what that is basically as compared to like what i feel like other people do and what i did in the beginning is you know when you first meet with somebody you do like a fitness assessment and you do like the goal setting thing and i still do that but i basically added a little bit more like I want to know what exercise somebody, what exercises people love and hate. I want to know like what locations they like and dislike because, and and it kind of goes on and on from there, but basically I want to get all this information about like where people like to work out, what they like to do, what they don't like to do, what it is that they've always wanted to do but never tried, Um, and I want to take all that information and create an exercise program that's going to allow them the least, the path of least resistance in order to be consistent and get the results they want. And, you know, the other thing that I kind of just left out, I just remembered is figuring out like why someone wants to do something like, so someone might say, I want to get a six pack and look good in a bathing suit. And that's like their superficial goal. But why do they want to get that six pack? And why do they want to do that? And just keep asking why until you get to the bottom of it. So, you know, like I might want to get like I said, like a six pack or a flat stomach or put on five pounds of muscle, but why do I want to do it, you know, so that I can be healthy and and, and be there for my kids and run around and play with them and and not hurt myself, you know, and I think like more often than not, what happens is we're not motivated to exercise. And so we need to find motivation to get off the couch or, you know, to get off the computer or to make time and, and make it happen. And so in those times that happen a lot, we have to know what motivates us so that we can tap into it. And I, as a trainer, want to know what motivates you so that I can tap into it as well in the way that I communicate with you and the way that I motivate. So I take a lot of time in the first session, like an hour to an hour and a half, to learn as much as I possibly can about somebody. And then once I get all that information, I'll, you know, I'll do the, the physical assessment and all that as well, but I'll also put together program from all of that that's more form fitted and customized for this client and I will basically take that shell of what I create in the beginning and constantly be refining it throughout the process so that you know hopefully right away it's it's ideal and it works but and then all we have to do is progress it over time but a lot of times you know it's pretty close and I need to take feedback and then morph it a little bit more and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it so that it just gets better and better as I'm progressing it and when i say tweak i mean differently as to progressing the workouts i mean you know in terms of like just getting the physical results and progressing the weights and the exercises i mean like progressing like is something actually an enjoyable experience and basically what i mean by like that an example is like you know some people love the gym right some people love going to their gym because it's a great community they get to hang out with their friends They feel like there's just like a lot of high energy there's high energy music and they they get the best out of themselves once they get to the gym and it's a great place for them to exercise other people they go to the gym and they feel intimidated by all these big people and this kind of meathead culture and they they're grossed out by the machines because they're not really kept as clean as they would like them to and they just feel like that's the only place they can go to exercise and so they do it they really don't like it so like those people probably shouldn't be exercising at the gym or at that gym that they're going to. They should probably find a place that's more fun. Like I know for me, I like my gym, right? I like like the, uh, the community aspect and I like the competition, you know, that, that comes from being around a bunch of other people that are like really working hard and, and that gets me motivated. But also if I'm in the gym for too long, that meathead culture kind of aggravates me and grates on my nerves if I'm honest and I can only take so much of it before it's just like makes me angry and I don't want to be around these people. Mm -hmm. So I know for myself that if I can go to the gym and get like two to three good workouts a week, that's about my threshold for how long I would ideally spend at the gym. But I also know about myself that I love working out outside. Like I love breathing fresh air, I like being in the sun and I just like you know being outside and exercising and being active. So I mix it up, you know, I'll ideally do two to three workouts in the gym and one to two workouts outside, you know, most of the time. And then if I get really sick of the gym and I need to tweak it, I'll switch that around. I'll do two to three outside and one to two in the gym. And I constantly kind of do that with myself so that I'm always inspired by where I'm going Mm -hmm. and constantly keeping it new and exciting. And I think that's really important because kind of like what I said earlier, consistency is the number one variable. And if you're... You know, in any way, shape, or form, can, can can create a path of least resistance, you know, a path that's like in any way in, enticing and fun to go down, it helps you to be more consistent. And I think that all people need is an opportunity to quit. All people need is an opportunity to take a short break that turns into to years, you know? And so trying to force them into a direction where they don't want to go is, I think, a surefire way to get them to quit mm-hmm. in the near future. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I do. I, I, the customization is a big focus, and then I, I really focus on hormone boosting workouts. Uh, those are really important in, in my mind because like you said, people feeling good I think is the number one thing that you wanna get out of the exercise. Yes, you wanna get the physical results, but feeling good is really important. And when you can work out at a certain intensity level, you're gonna produce more good feeling hormones, you're gonna feel good which is great. And then, oh, by the way, if you work out at that intensity level, you're also going to get better physical results. So those are going to go along with it. And so I'm really uh, a big believer in that Um, because I think a lot of people go into exercise like I did thinking that it's torture and misery and makes you not want to commit to it. But if you can stick it out past those first three to four weeks and you see that switch where your body adapts and you start producing more good feeling hormones and you're like, wow, even if I don't particularly like the exercises, I feel amazing afterwards, you start to connect exercise with feeling amazing afterwards mm-hmm. as opposed to being torture. and that's the click that I'm always trying to create so that once people get to that point, I feel like it's so easy for the momentum to start going in the other direction and to start building consistency that lasts over time.
0: Very cool. So those
1: are like the two major things that I do, but then I also I believe that having a morning ritual is really important. Because what I find is is that, especially in the beginning, the way that you start your day and the way that you feel has a lot to do with whether you're willing to go through those first three to four weeks of building a new habit. And so what I do with a lot of my clients, especially the ones that are starting with exercise from the beginning and have an issue with consistency, is I start them with creating a form-fitted morning ritual. And it doesn't have to take a long time, but it's really just like figuring out what they respond best to, like if it's a type of, for example, meditation, do they respond better to silent meditation or sound meditation or movement, but putting in some kind of, uh, just a couple minutes every morning to get them in touch with their breathing in touch with their bodies in touch with their intentions so that they can then take that and bring, and that's like the first thing that they do in the morning. So that's like the foundation of your day. And it won't doesn't have to take a long time, so that like throughout the day, if you start to get disconnected from yourself, you have this little ritual that you can come back to, and it's customized. So you know if somebody needs to do something that other people don't see because they're in the office, I can do that. If they're working from home and it doesn't matter, I can also do that. But it's the most important thing to me is that people start off like that, and um, I've seen it. It seems like oh, it's just five minutes, but the people that do it. I've seen with consistency have better results and are more consistent over time.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. I I think if like you said, like start like a habit in the morning time, just to you know warm up and like you know, just everything just starts right off from the day. Like you know, starts the day off just right when you wake up in five minutes. You know, so unlike me, it's like my five minutes of waking up is. Having my five-year-old wake me up and say, "Daddy, Daddy, I think I think the dog pooped in the in the house," you know, and you're just like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" You know, it's just then finally, like you're going out take a breather. He puts on the TV, and then I just like, I drink I drink water, have a coffee, just sit on the couch for like a little bit, and then wait till my daughter wakes up. You know, just kind of like ease into it a little bit. So, I mean, it's I mean, but before the, the whole COVID thing happened, I would wake up like super early, you know get everything ready to go to, to the gym and then just like you know take my pre-workout and ready to go and do my workout and then come back home so i mean but it's like you got to kind of adapt i think to absolutely. certain situations like especially with the cold covid stuff like people are working from home with their kids and it makes it more stressful so like at least five minutes of breathing throughout the day you know can help
1: absolutely man and like it's i'm glad you said that because a lot of my clients i'm basically training 95 of my clients online now because of the COVID thing and like the other five percent i'm just like waiting until it's over um but yeah and it's been a big thing because most of my clients have kids so figuring out a way for them to have a morning ritual that they can do with the kids waking them up in the morning is is kind of tricky sometimes but you know what i found is if you do stuff with your kids like because kids want to be involved in everything yeah. depending on how old they are mm-hmm. you know they can they're actually like willing participants sometimes um so i've included like kids with a couple of my clients morning rituals and it's worth, you know whereas in the beginning they were like i can't do this my kids <laughs> are getting in the way it's just you know it's more stressful than it is helpful mm-hmm. so i was like all right well let's try including your daughter in this and then you know she was like oh this worked really well and she's actually calmer and it's, i got her to eat breakfast easier you know it's like oh you know this works yeah so it's just a matter i think of trial and error and figuring out what works best for you and sometimes the first time that you try something doesn't work but if you keep at it you get creative, I think there's always a way.
0: Yeah, I agree, definitely. So what kind of tools do you use for your online programming? Do you use like Excel spreadsheets, like Zoom conferences at all, or like how does it work for, you know, with your clients?
1: So the ones that I meet one-on-one, I do like FaceTime or Zoom, um, just depends. Like everyone kind of has their preference. Uh, Some people I use WhatsApp. I think there might be one other, but it's I just kind of let them be like whatever's easiest for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of present like a bunch of options. But most of the time, Facetime, and then when I do the group classes, I do them on Zoom, and then when I create videos, which is part of my ninety day program, like I do some in person, but then I also create videos of the workouts. Um, I just do them myself, and then I send them the videos so they can use it whenever
0: they want. Okay, um, so that's that's how I do it. Okay, very cool. And I see I've seen you posted some of your videos on Instagram and stuff like that, like your home workouts, and that they're really really good, they're very detailed and you know, you show, you pretty much show like what's supposed to happen, which is, you know, pretty awesome.
1: Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really try to do that. Um, I think that's the most like really important. Like it's, I feel like it's a real responsibility of ours as like fitness professionals to not only like show someone how to do something and tell them how to do it, but to be really detailed and teach them how to do it the right way. So I, I pride myself on doing that. Um, and I think it's our responsibility because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't do that, and they get a lot of followers. And I would imagine a lot of those followers hurt themselves.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. So what? What have? So since about like talking about bad trainers, what have some horror stories that have you actually had for like seeing other trainers do stuff to, to to their clients?
1: Oh man! I mean, I've seen so many things over the years. I mean, the the biggest. Well, I don't know if this is the biggest one, but this is one of the terrible ones. When I worked at Equinox, like you know, it's it's very much about sales. You know, they put a lot of pressure on you to hit your numbers. And um, there was a guy that worked there. I'm not going to name, but he was an amazing salesperson. Like this guy. Like it typically takes trainers, at least at the gym I was at, like two to three months to get off the floor. Which means you work on the floor and you put weights away for like minimum wage until you get enough personal training hours per week that it's a full-time job and mm-hmm. then you get to come off the floor. And it would typically take trainers two to three months, sometimes up to six months to get off the floor. This guy got off in like a week. <laughs> I mean, it was like miraculous. Like nobody knows how the hell he did it. But, you know, if you saw him interact with people, you get, he's like an incredible salesman. The problem is he was not a very good trainer. Like he really believed in straight-legged, Deadlifts, heavy deadlifts for everyone. Like this was his staple exercise and he could talk anybody into doing it. And to make a long story short, he ended up hurting a couple people. And even though he had this massive amount of clients after having really only trained people for like two months, he got fired as a trainer and kept on as like one of the membership advisors that signs people up because they wanted to use his you know, skills as a mm. salesperson without hurting people. Well, I accumulated some of his clients and I had a client who had two herniated discs in his back, one of them recently. And he was so convinced by this guy who had told him how important stiff legged heavy deadlifts were to his success, you know, in, in, in his exercise program that he had to do it. And I was like, listen, man, this is, you're going to end up herniated You're going to end up re-injuring your back, probably going to end up having to go to the hospital you're going to have to have surgery if you do this. I'm almost guaranteeing you, and I'm not going to allow you to do that while I'm training you because then I'm going to feel responsible and and uh, you know I don't want you to get hurt and I certainly don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm hurting someone knowingly. Mm-hmm. And this guy argued with me so much, and we ended up like parting ways because he wanted to work with someone who would allow him to do heavy stiff-legged deadlifts. So that's one horror story that I'm like I don't know if he ended up hurting himself or not like I didn't like keep up with him after that I just kind of like gave him my spiel and told him but it's also like I kind of say that because it's the power of charisma Mm -hmm. you know like it's a lot of people that are very charismatic and they do really well in this particular I mean in all industries but in this particular industry a lot and uh, you know I think you have to like use common sense and also like Think about the situation a little bit because if you just go with someone simply because you get, you know, you just are, what's the word, like taken by their personality and charm and you don't really look into, you know, the science behind it and their credentials and if they're, you know, really have the credentials to back up everything they're saying, then you might get taken for a ride and in this industry that means you're probably gonna hurt yourself.
0: Mm Yeah, this I've seen a bunch of, like, trainers actually, like, hurt people before, and it's, it's frightening, or they, they do a workout, and I'm like, really shouldn't do that with that person, like, because I've, I've had one guy, he had a back injury, and the guy was, and the person was doing twisted, like, twisting motions with his, like, back, and, like, wrecked his back again, and so, and it was, so, like, him and I were, like, working, and he was telling me, like, what he did before, and I'm like, why did he even do that with you, like? what's his what were, we, what were we thinking and so he like he was a like, very timid of like personal like going back to personal training because like he just didn't want to throw his back out again
1: yeah and that's that's so common i mean i have a friend who's a massage therapist and he does a lot of corrective massage and he gets a lot of people who injure themselves doing activities and a lot of times those people injure themselves with trainers or in exercise classes with an instructor and he recommends me because we have this rapport and I'm good at dealing with people with injuries and stuff. But you hear the stories of how how people hurt themselves. And like, look, people get injured doing physical activity. People hurt themselves doing it. You know, I hurt myself exercising at least a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've learned over time not to push it too much. And I've also learned over time when to recognize that I get to that point that I need to stop. And it may take a few times before you realize that, especially if you're a competitive person. And you can still hurt yourself doing things absolutely correctly, you know, so that is part of it. But if you do things that your body's not meant to do or your body's not ready for at a really high intensity level with terrible form, it's almost like a guarantee you're going to hurt yourself. And I, that's what you hear a lot of stories. That's, those are the stories that I hear when I meet with new clients. I'm like, I, I paid this guy $125 an hour and this is what he told me to do. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy
0: yeah yeah a lot a lot of a lot of my clients that i've had have seen what i've done with my clients like my the clients like working out before they even signed up for personal training or they've had like you know like like you have a good rapport with somebody and they would like talk like you know say hey you should train with tom or like you know people at the front desk would say like you know ask they would ask the front desk who would you train with and they'd be like oh tom definitely you know you just you need to know like what you're doing so and you just can't like go off like the seat of your pants which yeah. is it insane it's that some trainers actually do that so it,
1: yeah I mean totally man I think especially in the beginning when you're working with clients you have to really like think it through I mean maybe once you work with somebody for six months to a year and you really know them and you know where they need to go and how their body works you can kind of like improvise in the moment based on the plan you've already created mm-hmm. but you gotta get to that point
0: first yeah yeah definitely. So how do you plan your content in like all like the training plans like throughout the week for your clients? like how do you schedule that? Is it like all on Sunday or you know how do you manage it?
1: Oh, you mean just like schedule Well yeah. most of my clients have like their regular time okay so but like I live in New York, and like most of my clients are business people that fly all over the place for business, so like their schedules get tweaked and they have events and stuff. so every Sunday that's what I do I just kind of check in with them and I'm like are we good for these times and if they're like oh I have you know traveling this week can we do this I I, you know I'll rearrange it and then hopefully by the end of Sunday night or Monday morning I have it kind of set for the week Mm -hmm. but it kind of depends you know like some weeks it's like exactly the same and then other weeks it's vastly different just depending especially when it comes to like school breaks and stuff like that people traveling for vacation almost all at the same time but you know, I've gotten used to it, you know, for the most part, I basically know that I'm going to have the same amount of sessions every week. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of like when they happen. Yeah. And I have to just maintain flexibility.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. I definitely hear you. So, um, do you, do you have like, have you ever had like a burnout with like personal training at all? Like do you just needed to take a week off or did you have something like that before?
1: Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Um, it's ironically, like, I mean, New York City, being a trainer in New York City and going from house to house is just like insane. You know, it's like, I have to say, like, right now, I'm like, probably the least stressed that I've been. I mean, I know COVID is stressful. And like, you know, I'm knock on wood, like, I'm healthy, and my family's healthy and everything. And and that is a worry. But like, the daily stresses of like riding the subway that's never on time and then you get late for one client and you're running late for all the rest and these are people that are on a tight schedule so mm-hmm. they don't like it when you're five or ten minutes late and then you know getting on my bike and riding like 30 to 45 minutes from client to client you know by the end of the day i'm exhausted it's stressful and i have to constantly do stuff like i have to make sure i take sunday off and i have to make sure i do therapeutic things at least once or twice a week like get a massage or go lay in the um what do you call it the float like the salt water float Yep. like i'll go take a restorative yoga class i have to do something like that and I, if i don't i like start to get like overwhelmed every week just because it's just like so demanding yeah the travel schedule between it's been different now because i'm not traveling at all between clients i'm just online and it's far less stressful i can i can handle a lot more i feel like now than i could when i was just like flying around the city all day you know, dealing with public transportation and timelines. Um, But yeah, and then in general, I have to travel. Like, if I don't go on like a two-week vacation at the end of the summer and try to get out of this, you know, New York City, like in January or February for a little while, I start to feel it. Mm -hmm. Because you're just like, it's not just training. It's like being here, it's like concrete jungle. There's like no nature. Yeah, And it's, everyone's running around stressed out. So you just get wound up being here, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to get out like yeah. once every three or four months. And I think for an extended period, at least twice a year, yeah. at yeah. least for like 10 week, 10 days to two weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> I get yeah. overwhelmed all the time. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like, you know, making sure that I plan for it and making sure that I take care of myself constantly and check in with myself. And know what I need you know
0: yeah so are you are you planning to do more online or you just want to like after when COVID's over you're gonna still go to like you know maybe do some more some in person and more online have you ever thought about doing it that way or
1: yeah no uh you know it's interesting like two weeks before COVID happened I decided to do an online training you know program with my previous Manager, fitness manager at Equinox, who I got along with really well. Her name is Nicole Spencer. She's mm-hmm. really cool. And she actually, I think it was Georgia. I think she married her husband. She went to a small town in Georgia and started a boot camp. And the boot camp did really well. She sold the brick and mortar. She got divorced. She moved to Asheville, North Carolina. And I think she... uh created an online business, and that did well. And then she just started a coaching business about six years ago where she coaches uh, fitness professionals on how to, how to make their brick and mortar and their online business more successful. And I saw her stuff and had been seeing it for years, and I never really reached out. And then I got to this point where, I, like you said, I was, I was burned out from running all over the city. And I wanted to kind of start to bring my business more online because I see the opportunity there. Mm-hmm. I'm probably a little late to the party, but whatever. I'm You're here.
0: never late. You're never late.
1: You know, like exactly. It's still going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, I started taking this class with her like two weeks before COVID happened. And like then it happened. And it's sort of like I had already laid the groundwork for bringing my business online and starting this online program and all this stuff. And it kind of seamlessly moved in, and you know. Thank God it happened. Like I, I really intuitively just felt like it was the right thing. I actually even thought about pushing it off until like three months later when the next one started. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, you know what? Something's telling me I need to do this. And then lo and behold, it was, was like the perfect timing. Nice. So yeah, like uh, I basically wanna make all of my business online. And I'm not opposed to meeting people in person. I like it, but I don't wanna be in a situation where I'm racing all over the place all day. I'd yeah. much rather be working with the bulk of my clients online and then, you know, maybe at some point have a location where I can meet people, although I'm a little bit split over whether I want that overhead or not.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear you. So obviously you have a crazy busy schedule. So how do you manage to stay fit while, you know, all this like coaching and, st- and uh, you know, all the running around?
1: just gotta do it you know I mean it was easy actually the one of the perks of running around the city all day is that I was on my bike for like an hour <laughs> and a half two hours every single day mm-hmm. so I was getting like tons of cardio and then you know I was at gyms all day so sometimes I could just stick around and work out other times you know I just like pop by a gym and like get like like I get you know there's so many different gyms in New York City you get like a day pass it's like yeah. 10 bucks or 15 mm-hmm. bucks to, sometimes it's free so I would just pop into gyms and then I have a gym by my house that I'm a member at and like if it so happens that like I'm home during the time that I have a break I'll pop in there but I always find a way to do it you know it's like I know for myself kind of going back to what you were saying about like getting burned out if I don't exercise I'm gonna get burned out Mm -hmm. like that's my way to take all of the frustration and stress and like put it into something and then I know at the end of it I just feel good yeah know and Mm -hmm. that's so it's like my therapy in a lot of ways it's a huge part of anyway my own therapeutic process so i i just make it a priority and some days i have 20 minutes some days i have two hours and it really depends but i make it happen no matter what you know
0: yeah awesome very cool so obviously uh, so what do you have any goals later on down the road that you want to achieve at all for like your clients or just yourself or you know
1: I mean, for myself, it's really about just maintaining and continuing to, to grow and stay inspired. For my clients, it's kind of the same thing. But I guess if there's a specific thing I'd like to do, you know, two-thirds of our population in the United States is overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And so much, you know, our healthcare has become this huge thing. And I think that, you know, the cost of health care is so expensive because so many people are unhealthy. And I feel like not only that, but the you know the quality of life like we don't even know that our quality of like the average person doesn't even realize how much their quality of life is it is affected by being overweight or obese and unable to do the things that they really want to do and unable to be active to the point where they create these hormones that make them feel better and Mm -hmm. relieve stress and so on and so forth like most of us are just like gluttonous and drinking too much not getting enough sleep and functioning because you know we're adaptive creatures but functioning and flourishing are very different, and I really wanna be able to spread that message to a wider audience, and I'd, I'd really like to somehow get involved with, you know, like, offering what I do to underprivileged communities and to kids, you know? I think, you know, when kids come from communities with money, which I work with a lot, it's, it's very helpful for anybody, and I like working with these people, but there's they have access, you know? There's a lot of kids out there that don't have access. There's a lot of people out there that don't have access and they can't afford to hire me at the rates that I you know, typically offer. Mm-hmm. And I would really like to create a program that allows everybody to have access to this, you know, to like really learning about themselves and figuring out how they can make fitness a real thing in their lives and, and taking pride in it and enjoying it and making it a staple because I feel like it'll change so much you know that would be amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. You know, part of me creating this online program and using this platform is because of that. And I think this 90 day program that I have is 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 a really good first step because it's very affordable. It's like I think pretty much anyone can afford it if you have a job. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah, very cool. Have you ever heard of Ryan Fisher before? No. So he's he's a, he's a former CrossFit like athlete. Now he has his own gym up in. Uh, you know, over in California, and he has like multiple, like multiple gym. He has a gym and he has multiple online programs, and he, he it only costs 20 bucks a month because, oh, cool. and like, in and, and his workouts are like insanely like people get sore like all the time. They, they don't like he's not there to like absolutely like, throttle people like every single time. He just wants them to move. He has like a sweat one, a dumbbell, a typical CrossFit one. So you should definitely look at what he does. I mean, he for 20 bucks a month and you get any program you want and he has like ebooks too so that might be you know someone to look out to you know and he's very personable he has like a looks like a turtle shell for abs so he's like just this jacked this jacked dude but you should definitely should check it out i'll i'll, I'll send you this information on instagram so oh
1: that'd be amazing man yeah i'd love to
0: check that out. yeah okay. his, his stuff's amazing like he he gets messages like all the time and and it's it's killer it's he's in plus he has his own podcast too which is i learned a lot from him too so but that's uh, so cool yeah. yeah i gotta
1: investigate more i mean that's something that i really have not done is like you know investigated a lot using online social media and stuff
0: yeah so do, do you that. do you listen to podcasts at all
1: no i mean i i okay not no like i'm not open to it or haven't tried i just don't really for some reason like I uh I listened to the bulletproof podcast okay you know like yeah. I thought that was interesting for a little while and then I just kind of got disinterested and every once in a while like a friend of mine will send me a podcast like a fitness related podcast and I'll listen to it for like a specific thing that they know that I'm interested in and I'll find it really interesting and then I'll just stop like I just kind of I feel like for me podcasts are long and it's hard for me to find yeah like 45 minutes to an hour or an hour and a half to like really sit with something Mm -hmm. because I'm always moving and the time that I do have when I have a block like that I'd rather go to the gym and work out Yeah, and I'd rather blast some music than listen to a podcast so it's like I just have to kind of Maybe do it in smaller chunks or something. I'm not sure, but it hasn't been the most ideal way for me to like download information. You know? Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, it's tough for you because you're like running, riding your bike everywhere, and it's like, this, you don't have a long enough time to listen to the podcast for the whole time, like you just said. But like for me, you know, I that's all I listen to when I'm in the car. I don't like because obviously I drive from work back and forth, and you know I don't listen to music any. I really I use any I don't really listen to music anymore, except for like we're outside in the backyard. But like I just I've I've been geeking out on podcasts for years, like just f- for such a long time, and I I've learned so much for like personal training wise, just from those podcasts. So I'll definitely that's I'll, so cool. I'll definitely throw some podcasts at you there just to you know for you to listen to.
1: Yeah, please do. I mean, I think that's part of it. If I could weed through the stuff that I'm not interested in, yeah, and just be like, oh, this one's good. I'd probably listen to it more.
0: Yeah, th- like I I listen to Gary V once in a while and like. Obviously she spits out the same thing over and over and over again, but like some of them like look interesting, but the rest I just pretty much delete. So and Okay. But like all the other ones, all the all the all the other podcasts I have that I listen to are like super informative and stuff. So I mean definitely and they get the crit the, like the best guests on there, like the top of the line like top of top of the food chain for the fitness professionals. And they just talk about like, you know, what they've seen in studies and all that stuff, and like you know how they implement their workouts to their clients or Olympic athletes or like CrossFit athletes or like anybody, pretty much.
1: That's so cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, if I can find time, I will do it. Yeah, and if, especially if you recommend it to me, I think like part of it is I don't put the effort in. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just I don't know. I, I, it's it's like social media was to me for so long. I knew it was there. Yeah. I knew it Available and I just never took advantage and now maybe this is the next thing I need to kind of incorporate.
0: Yeah. So, um so we're getting close to the end. So, do you have like a favorite book that you like to read or, you know, like to give people that like is very informative?
1: Ooh, that's interesting. Um You know what? I don't know if I really have a favorite book. Um there's a book on Zen that I that I really like that I've been like kind of um, revisiting um, it's like the art of being a beginner okay um, let me give me one second I have it right here I forget yeah. the exact title I found it <laughs> um, it's called Zen mind beginner's Mind and uh it's it's like about Zen practice, but I think it's like a really interesting book. I really like books on meditation mm-hmm. and I you know like and there's a bunch of different books that I would recommend to people. but for this one, I don't know, I just really like it because it's uh there's like a short lesson, like a one sentence kind of thing, and then there's like two or three pages about it, and like kind of like where this lesson comes from, what it really means, how it applies to your life in a really practical, simple way. And I just find like reading one of those in the morning or reading one of those when I have like, you know, 10 minutes, it just makes a huge impact on the way that I see the world. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, I just think anything you can do to make yourself feel more present and aware is helpful. Um, And so, yeah, I really like this book. The other book that I really like, um, what's the one? I think it's called like Searching for Superman or something like that. It's all about. I've never um, heard of that one before. Oh, it's all about flow states. I have that one, too, but it's, like, in the other room. I won't run out and get that one. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's a book that's all about, like, uh, flow states and how you create flow states. And, okay. Like, um, I find this, I kind of nerd out about this, but it's, like, about human potential and how, like, basically athletes and people in any profession, when they're at their highest level, are in a flow state. Yeah. Like, it's, like, they have accessed their subconscious and it's not really happening on a, con- like, they're just going along for the ride in the mm-hmm. moment and everything slows down and they're just able to function at a level that's, like, exponentially higher than when they're in a normal state. And I just find that to be fascinating, you know? So, yeah, I like reading stuff like that because there's a lot of athletes that are now using this. It's, like, part of the sports psychology movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's also part of, like, enjoying your life, you know, is to, to figure out, like... What is it that you do that allows you to get into a flow state? Because we all have those things. And I think, like, if people can start to think about exercise and being active from that point of view, it also makes it easier, you know? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this, like, idea that you have. It can be whatever you actually enjoy can be your door in, you know? And then you can kind of, like, take that door in and and make the most out of it. And I, I think that's what that book, in a lot of ways, talks about. So, yeah, those are like two books that I really enjoy that
0: kind of came to me right now. All right. I hey, I, I I'm always interested in meditation. Actually, one of my high school friends, I'm actually going to get her on the podcast. I don't well, I think next week maybe or whenever, but uh she's a big into meditation and she's like a a personal a certified life coach and stuff, so we're going to be talking a lot about like the meditation side and like how people can hopefully get into that like, you know, zen, you know, mindset, you know, pretty much just the flow so yeah. i'm real I'm really interested in that one, so um okay, so the last question actually two last questions sorry um, so what would you tell a trainer when they first start out in the business?
1: first start out in the business I mean, in terms of like how to go about it is that what you mean yeah
0: like what 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 should they expect or what like you know
1: well, I think there's a lot of ways to get in the business, and I really think it depends on someone's background and like how much experience they have before they become a trainer mm-hmm. but ultimately I think like, like passing a test and getting certified sort of is a benchmark for like how, how much information you have like you have the basic information you understand it intellectually but I think like working with a lot of different people and getting the experience of like how you apply that information with different types of people and how you communicate that information with different types of people so that they can hear it and the motivation types of motivation that you use and also being able to listen to different types of people because some people it's easy to listen to them mm-hmm. and, it's, and some people they're not so easy to listen to and you have to kind of like continuously kind of be flexible and communicate and then know when to draw a line and when not to And I just think there's a lot of things that go into being a really good trainer and you, ha- and you constantly have to be like pushing yourself to get better and I think one of the best ways to do that i don't particularly like working at gyms you know from the point of view of like how financially lucrative it is mm-hmm. but i think like it's a really great place to go to a busy gym and say i'm just going to be here for a year and i'm going to get the most out of it because you can train a lot of people and you can watch like 30 to 50 other trainers train a lot of other people and you can pick their brains and you can work out with them when you, when you both are off and you can learn their styles and see how different people respond to different things and just learn an insane amount in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then when you feel like you've got a good handle on it, then you can kind of go off and do your own thing and focus on making as much money as you can because I think it's a long game thing. I mean, this is just me. I'm kind of an old school guy, but I feel like a lot of people, and particularly in our culture right now, it's all about short-term gain. But I think the thing is, is like fitness is a long-term thing. The goal is to be fit for your whole life. And if you're going to do that, you have to be able to train somebody in that way. Mm-hmm. And that takes a level of expertise that is far higher than getting someone in shape in two or three months, and then they just fall off the horse and that's it. Like You need to be able to keep them healthy, to keep them inspired, to keep them motivated, and keep them showing up and progressing over the course of time and I think that takes a little bit more time to learn how to do that. And I would say if you invest one to two years in the beginning to really learn your craft and, you know, figure out ways of getting by and I would share, you know, tricks that I've learned on how to like make a living. But I think know that you're gonna take a hit in the beginning and pay your dues so that over time you can make more money and stay in it longer and actually get the results for your clients that they want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's what I would say.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, where can people reach you on social media or like you know, your email address or whatever?
1: Uh, yeah, so on Instagram, I'm at NYC. Uh, my Gmail account is inspiredexerciseNYC@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And then my Facebook is just Eric, E-R-I-K, Potempa, P-O-T-E-M as in Michael, P as in Paul, A.
0: All right. Awesome. Both, dude, thank oh, and my website.
1: Oh. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Go go
0: for it. Go for it. I don't want uh, to cut that off.
1: The website is uh, inspiredexercise.nyc.
0: Awesome. Very cool. So, Eric, dude, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. And, you know, I definitely look forward to talking to you again later on down the road
1: absolutely man thank you so much for having me this was a blast all
0: right all right have a good one all right man you too hey thanks you very much oh did i cancel you oh